Is there an episode where Joe loses her virginity to a woman? We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Merry Christmas and welcome to a very special episode podcast Where I can't escape talking about holiday episodes that deal with prisons <laughs> I'm <No>. David Bitsenhauer <laughs> and I'm wearing a elf costume and the person who is going to regale us with a beautiful rendition of Oh Holy Night is Austin Gordon. <laughs> All right, let's hear it, Austin. Oh, holy night. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and you. the person who's so horned up they're willing to hoot and holler at any female gathering to sing Christmas carols is Ryan I was gonna entertain her. <laughs> um, I thought you were gonna say you take the good and introduce Austin. You take them we, both, but who would both be? Well, who's taking us both, Austin, should we say? <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, David. <laughs> <laughs> Today we'll be reviewing The Facts of Life, season six, episode thirteen, Christmas in the Big House. It's Christmas time for Mrs. Garrett and the girls. Blair has plans with her friends to sing Christmas carols at a little boy's house. However, it's up to the other girls to pick up Blair's slack after she chickens out upon hearing this little boy's house is actually a big boy's house for criminals. (laughs) (laughs) Girls, girls! Uh, So, Ryan... Yeah. What's your opinion of the facts of life? Well, what... Okay. (laughs) Sometimes as a kid, it would be on. I don't have, like, a strong... I remember Mrs. Garrett, and I remember Kim Fields as Tootie, who would later be on Living Single. Um... But what is the show about? Are they are these kids foster kids? Or I I don't understand who Mrs. Garrett is to them. The series focuses on Edna Garrett as she becomes a house mother, and after the second season a dietitian as well, at the fictional Eastland School, an all female boarding school in Peekskill, New York. Oh, so it's just a boarding school and only has like six students yeah or four students i think it is no i think the idea is supposed to be that it has more students and those students all live somewhere else but these four to six students live with mrs garrett at her house you think so i think so and keep in mind this is technically a different stroke spinoff yes is it yeah because mrs garrett was the uh 
uh, the Drummond's housekeeper in the first couple of seasons of Different Strokes. And then she became a boarding school uh, House foster mother. mother. The eighties were a weird time, man. They did like a they did like a backdoor pilot at the end of one of the Different Strokes seasons where uh-huh. the the older daughter who's not Gary Coleman or Todd Bridges, mm-hmm. um, she, where she went to a boarding school and like Mrs. Garrett went with her to like drop her off and then loved it so much she decided to stay or something like that. This is I all what know. I this is all what I'm I'm being fed by the ghoul orphans. Yeah. I just don't know anymore. Um <laughs> well they had so many weird spin-offs. But yeah, I remember I never quite understood. And then doesn't Mrs. Garrett get replaced later yeah, on? Yeah, so I mean I remember I guess I'll just go since I was gonna bring this Wait, up. Wait, hold on. Who cause what does she die or why does she get replaced? I know, I was. No, she she ends up uh um marrying the love of her life and moving he's like part of the peace corps or something and so she goes off to live with him in africa or something i think the actress just was done with the series and wanted yeah or she wanted more money or something something like Um, that yeah and it's um i'm trying to remember the name of the i'm trying to look up the actress's name here that comes in to replace her yeah she has gray curly hair it's a because i remember the first season it was like a actual boarding school with, like, a lot of kids and, like, background characters, even though it was only focusing on a few. Yeah, one of whom one of whom was Molly Ringwald. Oh, yeah. Really? In the first season, yeah. And then wow. it transitioned, probably for budget reasons more than anything else, to, like, just Mrs. Garrett and, like, four to six girls. <laughs> we'll never resolve that. Yeah, and then <laughs> it transitioned to, I just remember, then it went from Mrs. Garrett to a new uh, house mother. Yeah, Cloris Leachman was the house mother. Oh. So yeah, because, like, in the beginning of this, it looked like they were, like, working in a store. And yeah. It was like, are they just, like, is she their legal guardian? And she. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, them... That's another thing, too. Apparently, um, I had the I had the gruel orphans do a deep dive on this because, spoiler alert, I don't know much about Facts of Life either. Um, there is a season where. Um, after the girls graduate, which is season four, they the season five premiere has Mrs. Garrett going into business for herself by opening a gourmet food venture named Edna's Edibles. And then the four girls that graduated the year before come to live and work with Mrs. Garrett in the newly refreshed space. Uh, so that's what's happening in this so season. So at this point in time, they're basically like just living together and working for her, running this, like, gourmet food shop. Oh, because they're, like, are they too old to be... Yeah, they're, like, in their, they're like late teens, early 20s. At this oh, okay. All right, you can't tell on TV. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. Everybody, yeah, everybody kind of vaguely looks the same age. Yeah. All right, well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Austin, do you have anything more to add about your relationship with Facts of Life? Well, what I know about the Facts of Life prior to the Ghoul Orphans doing their... <laughs> I feel yes. like in every episode of our podcast, we should always contextualize gruel orphans. Like, if this is your first episode of our show, you're like, what are they talking? What does that mean? I know. Or we can just go back to calling them the cracked research team. Which the cracked research bit, team. Which is a little bit more self-explanatory as to what they are. Or the more um, contemporary term, unpaid interns. Yes, there you go. Unpaid interns. Our fact checkers. They're paid. They're paid by us sparing the whip. <laughs>
Uh, so prior to their due diligence, um, I knew that there was a character on this show named Tootie. I knew <laughs> Tootie. that Mrs. Garrett was a character. Um, I knew that George Clooney got his start on Facts of Life. Yeah. And I knew that if you take the good and take the bad and <laughs> mm-hmm. then take them both, then you'll have the facts of life. Yeah, the I do want to say I think this is like top five TV theme songs <laughs> of all time. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. as david and i were talking about earlier it's one of those theme songs where nothing it's a fantastic theme song but nothing about the lyrics says anything at all like has anything to do with the show like well the title doesn't tell you anything about the show right yeah like you could you could take this title and theme song and give it to any sitcom that's vaguely about a group of people making their way through life and learning lessons i mean i didn't even see any facts being presented in this episode (laughs) right i mean like there's nothing in the in the song that has anything to do with like girls living at a boarding school and learning from (laughs) mrs garrett or it's yeah no it's well then you'd have to change the lyrics once they like become working for her food shop right Right. When, so. when you're living at a boarding school <laughs> and you hear from Mrs. Garrett, she tells you that the facts a lie. <laughs> and then later you get older and then you're working for Mrs. Garrett and she's got facts a lie. Well, they're very prescient in the first season when they're singing this, right? Because it hadn't happened. No, it Mrs. changes Garrett over leaves time. to go to Africa with her boyfriend, the facts of life. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett found a man and then she abandoned all of us. That's facts a lie. <laughs> Those are the facts of life. The people you love will abandon you. It's true. <laughs> Merry uh, Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, for what it's worth, the theme song was composed by Al Burton, Gloria Loring, and her then husband, Alan Thicke. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, Alan Thicke liked to compose a sitcom. They, yeah. th- that trio previously composed the theme to Different, different Strokes. strokes. Oh, and Alan, Alan Thicke Thick saying that. S- saying Different Strokes, yeah. Although apparently, you take the good, you take the bad lyric came later as the first season lyrics differed from those that followed. Yeah. Oh, what did they say instead? I don't know. what It was like, boys want to kiss you, so you don't let them kiss you, I think. Are you serious? (laughs) That's probably what it is. I'm like, I've seen the... I can't can't tell if you're... I'm only half joking on it. (laughs) I'm not sure what to do about what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to end up watching a Christmas variety show pretty soon if you're not careful. (laughs) So yeah, um, this is probably the first episode of Facts of Life I've ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever... 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen. Them. I want to say too. The only episode I vividly remember, which we'll probably end up doing, is the the drugs episode, where they go to some store and like Tootie's friend gets her to buy a bong because she thinks it's a jelly bean holder. <laughs> That's what they tell her, and she buys one and takes it back to the house right. and shows it to Mrs. Garrett. That I remember. Apparently, uh, there's also a very special episode in which. Natalie, who you might know as the slightly less conventionally attractive relative to the other girls, Facts of Life girl, loses her virginity. Mm. And apparently in that episode, Blair, who is the, you know, traditionally attractive blonde sex pot on the show, was supposed to be the one that loses her virginity, but the actress is apparently from the Kirk Cameron School of Uber Christianity and refused to be involved in that plot line, so they shifted it to Natalie, and Blair does not appear in that episode at all. Oh, is there an episode where Joe loses her virginity to a woman? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. The season one lyrics were, there's a place you've got to go for learning all you want to know about the facts of life. The facts of life. (laughs) When books are what you're there about and looks are there what you care about, the time is the right to learn the facts of life <laughs> when the world never seems to be living up to your dreams. It's time you started finding out what everything is all about, I guess. When the boys you used to hate you date, I guess you best <laughs> investigate the facts of life. <laughs> you gotta get them right. <laughs> There's a place you gotta go for learning all you wanna know about the facts. So, I mean, like, that's a little bit closer to, like, the lyrics that you'd find for a show about a group of girls at a boarding school. Which brings my question is, is this a feminist show, or do we think? I don't. I've Based on this one episode? (laughs) (laughs) It passed the Bechdel test, though, right? That's true. I mean, there's a lot of times where the girls are talking about stuff that's not just other boys. They don't just talk about the men who are in prison the whole time. (laughs) And how hunky they are. (laughs) Yeah, I will say, I feel like I've watched a lot of Facts of Life in my day. All right, yeah, let's get to David's. But I feel like it's the family ties, except maybe even a little worse. I'm not talking about the quality of the show, just like, I remember watching it a lot, but I don't have a lot of specific memories of episodes. Like I said, I kind of remember the different eras it was when it was just like a bunch of girls in a boarding school. and then, But then I feel like if I ever really wanted to sit down and watch this in earnest, I'd start remembering the episodes of some of them and be like, oh, yeah, I remember right. this. Or, oh, yeah, I remember that. But just right now, this is like one of the only episodes I remember very well, if yeah. not the only one. 
It was apparently like a ratings juggernaut back in the day, which, mm. I, did, which I did not realize. Yeah, it went for a lot of seasons, too, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it ran from, uh, it was like, it was nine seasons, um, and it ran from 79 to 88. Damn. And so, yeah. David, when you picked this episode, was it because you were just looking up Christmas episodes, or did you specifically remember this I one? I specifically remembered it. I mean... Okay. Uh, truth be told, I kind of watched it a month ago when we were talking about this to see if it was worth reviewing. And shockingly, I came to the conclusion that eh, not really, but <laughs> yeah, but, but I decided to do it anyway. <laughs> but then I decided to do it anyways for like my own and we'll get probably at the end. We'll get to why I even why this one sticks with me. And even though it's not nothing particularly special, is it because it's going to be an, a short episode because the last half is just like then they all <laughs> sang <laughs> The last half, it's like the last three quarters. Well, I didn't realize, like, my memory wasn't quite like that, but then when I watched it, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of filler <laughs> in this one, isn't there? Well, it's not even filler. Like, the bulk <laughs> of the episode is 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 the filler, but, so to speak. But does that make it a bad Christmas episode? Don't you just want to see your no. favorite characters start singing Christmas carols and... Well, break it down, man. Yeah. yeah. Fight it, let's... We explore this and we'll find out how we feel about it. We start with Mrs. Garrett wanting to go caroling with everybody, but everybody's too busy planning to head home for the holidays. And so my question to you is, what do you think of carolers? Of carolers? Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of people going around caroling or does it just bother you? Of caroler Maine, our missing host? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do you think of her, Ryan? Like, uh... (laughs) Um, If I knew where she was, I'd I'd say more. No, she's she's off caroling right now. She's demanding figgy pudding and, and uh, yeah. wishing people Merry Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Do you think they deserve figgy pudding? Mm, that's a good question. Um, that's sort of like when you live in New York and you ride the subway and people are always singing on the subway and you're supposed to give them money and you're like, you're bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll give you money to stop singing. To be fair, they usually don't ask for money, though, do they? Yeah, they do. What are you crazy? No, the people on the subway do. Carolers oh, yeah. don't generally. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever actually seen carolers in my life. Yeah, I know. That's another point. Is like, yeah, outside of like being at a mall and having some like Victorian attired singers walking through the mall singing Christmas songs, I've never actually encountered. Like, as far as I know, carolers are just a thing invented by <laughs> you. Are that is true. I'm trying to think. Have I? Have I actually seen carolers just out and about? Like, I know my girlfriend Lauren, she, through her community stuff, will... She'll go to, like, a senior living home and do caroling there. Oh, that's nice of her. But, yeah, I'm trying to think about people who just, like, wander the neighborhood singing. And have I actually encountered that? Like, I'm trying to imagine, like, my doorbell ringing and... Opening it and there's like twelve people and they all start singing, "We wish you a merry Christmas." Like I don't even know what I would do with that. Yeah. Would Would you sing along? Would you join them? I don't know. <laughs> I would bring them some figgy pudding. Oh, <laughs> you're like I've had it forever and I've never had a chance to <laughs> use. What am I gonna day. do with all this figgy pudding? <laughs> oh shit! There's some carolers out there. <laughs> um, and then there's part of me like I would be inclined to say like. Oh, well, I mean, we don't have them anymore, but there's all those old Christmas songs about carolers, so it's probably something they did, like, back in the Victorian days. But then at the same time, I wouldn't put it at all past the writers of those songs to have just made up carolers for the purpose of the Christmas song that they were writing, and so I don't even know if they ever existed. (laughs) 
Well, there didn't used to be like TV and the internet, so I guess people would just do that. Like, what else? Yeah. What else you gonna do with your waste of a life? I don't know. It's like if you're not betting on horses, I guess you just go (laughs) sing some songs. (laughs) What was life like? You either bet on horses or you walk around singing songs. A lot of bare knuckle boxing and uh, betting on horses. I churned enough butter for the week. I guess (laughs) I'll go fucking sing a song about Jesus. (laughs) Hope I don't die of malaria. I know. I got the fucking smallpox or whatever. It's all over for me. Typhus. Typhus again. All right. Uh... Mrs. Garrett is worried that people are going to forget the true meaning of Christmas. It's always a concern. Yeah, I know, especially with sitcom people. They're very concerned about whether the true meaning of Christmas give, is being I'll, recognized. I'll give this episode credit because when Mrs. Garrett Gate said that line, I was totally poised for that to be her like subplot in this episode. And for the most part, it really is. No, there was, plot's such a strong term, you know. Yeah. You know what's the biggest bullshit about that whole thing? Is like every Christmas episode ever of any show is all about the true meaning of Christmas and that it's about not about consumerism and family and shit, but it's all for a show that exists only to sell ad yeah. space. <laughs> Cut to the <laughs> yeah. TV ad for the new Super Soaker or something, right? Yeah, yeah it's just a big jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so Blair comes in and she's super pompous about knowing the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, well, she's going to help the less fortunate by singing carols for li- little boys in the Nickleby house. I love how she's like, doesn't that just sound Dickensian? Yeah, and I'm no. like, is, is, it be- is it because they named it after Nicholas Nickleby? And <laughs> like, like, oh, we're going to the Scrooge house. Doesn't that sound Dickensian? Like, <laughs> yeah, because it's named after Dickens character. And I guess Dickensian isn't like a positive in my book i guess that's also, not a great yeah. adjective I mean. <laughs> also true like, i'm like so they're like being to... whipped and like <laughs> treated worse than our uh crack research team <laughs> yeah exactly uh and but mrs garrett is all about it she's like that's great and then blair's uh i think blair's super rich i guess and then she has super rich friends who come in and talking about the jazz band they booked for this event but it turns out it's not for the kids, it's for the after party. Ooh, coastal elites here. Yep. Uh, and so then we cut to uh, Mrs. Garrett wanting to give a Christmas eggnog toast. And I'm just curious if you think there's booze in the eggnog. Yeah, I wanted to actually wrote a note. I wanted to talk about eggnog in general. <laughs> what, what, how do you guys, what are you guys, what's your stand on eggnog? I've... Personally, I went through a phase when I was growing up, I didn't like it. All right. Then I went through a phase where I liked it, and now I've kind of backed off on it again. And it's like, and I don't hate it, but it's certainly not something I can drink a lot of. Like, I'll have, like, maybe a glass a Christmas season, if that, because, I mean, there's no way I could down, like, multiple glasses of eggnog. You're not a nog chugger? No. <laughs> I feel like I just so much cream and such i feel like before you say it i'm gonna guess that austin loves eggnog i just like how david has such a complicated relationship (laughs) with even the most like simple and benign things (laughs) well it's because my dad loved eggnog so you kind of just grow up with it around and you have to figure out how you feel about it you know it's really changed over the years yeah 
Uh, Ryan, you are correct. I fucking love eggnog. <laughs> I knew it. Austin has more love inside of him than like most. That's the true meaning of Christmas. It's just the way that Austin feels about things. Um, and I will true. free. I will freely admit that much of my love of eggnog comes from the fact that we're only allowed to have it roughly 30 noggy days a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I could have it year-round, I'd just be like, whatever, it's kind of good. But the fact that I'm like, I have, like, I, ha- I, I need to drink it now because this is the only chance I can have to... Yeah, chug that nog. Chug that nog. Is there another kind of nog? There's, like, holly nog, which is slightly different than eggnog, I think. What is, makes it not... What is holly nog? What does the nog mean? Uh, that's a good question. Get those Google Get those. orphans on it. <laughs> put down, put down yeah. that eggnog and find out what it... How do you feel about eggnog? Um, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've had it. I don't know if I've ever had it when it didn't have booze in it. Either. Yeah, booze helps everything, right? Yeah, as related to what Austin is saying, I always eat uh, breakfast bars from Trader Joe's like pretty much every day. Because <laughs> it's just like a little thing you can eat right away. And I usually eat for a while when I wake up. When I wake up. And uh, only for, I think, December, they have cranberry ones. And that's, like, my eggnog is, like, I gotta eat as many of those. I gotta go right now and get some. And don't get me wrong. um, I mean, I get, like, a carton of eggnog at at the beginning of December, and just I drink it throughout the, you know, Christmas season. It's not like I'm chugging like david said it's i mean it's it's thick and it's rich it's you, you can't really just chug it down um i have made my own eggnog before oh damn yeah from from scratch which is good but yeah. uh, it's also it's it's a pain in the ass i make it i make this like milk punch now for christmas that's a hell of a lot easier to make than yeah i drink too much eggnog. of that but that's the same Does yeah it have booze that's... in it oh absolutely <laughs> I'm not going to make some fucking drink and not put booze in it, Ryan. Come on. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. The, the etymology of eggnog is debated. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, nog was a kind of strong beer brewed in East Anglia, which, is a, which is a part of England. Uh, the first known use of the word nog was in 1693. Alternatively, nog may stem from Noggin, a Middle English term for a small carved wooden mug used to serve alcohol. However, the British drink was also called an egg flip from the practice of flipping or rapidly pouring the mixture between two pitchers to mix it. One dictionary lists the word as being an American invented in 1765 to 1775. So to answer your question, Ryan, nobody really knows. Okay, I'll take it. Um, rum was once referred to as grog. I'm sure you've heard that. Oh uh, yeah, like by pirates. Yeah, I've played Monkey Island. Yeah, yep. so there is so there is some speculation that you served your grog in a wooden mug called a noggin, and so then when you started adding eggs to it, it became egg and grog, and then that later got shortened to eggnog. Mm. But there is not a lot of proof to back up that particular uh uh etymology so let's just not talk about this facts of life episode at all. <laughs> uh, what what's the origin of mistletoe <laughs> it's not a it's not a missile that that traces back to norse mythology in the ragnarok story oh shit right. yeah that's how that's the only thing that can kill balder is mistletoe oh that's right so so yeah blair is a bitch yeah blair comes back in <laughs> And she has realized that the Nickleby house is actually the, uh, what, the 
conference center for the prison. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the right term and my I forget I forget exactly what it's I mean they they established that it's not just like like it is like she thought she was going to the Nickleby house and it turns out that it's like the Nickleby State Corrections facility. Yeah. They like they say that it, that's the name of something within the prison. Yeah. See the Nickleby house is um well, it's, uh... Spit it out, Blair. The recreation hall of the state prison named after the late warden Ben Nickleby. <laughs> I don't know how you make this mistake that she made. Yeah, I know. It's still a little, uh, dubious that she just did no research into this at all. You know, she just saw, like, yeah. the name in, like, a phone book and called it up, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, not that it really amounts to anything, because none of the subplots, if you even call them that in this episode, amount to anything. But I did note that throughout these first two scenes, Joe was very adamant about how she needs to, like, get out of this place and get home for Christmas. And it reminded me very much of uh, Zach's fervent desire to get home for Thanksgiving in, oh, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> in the Jonathan Brandis Thanksgiving episode of Saved by the Bell yeah, College. Joe would oh, be yeah, the tough, was... no-nonsense, tomboyish uh, woman. And, I mean. and by tomboyish, you mean probably a lesbian. Uh, there's speculation. She dates guys in the show. You guys fuck that. There's no probably. <laughs> and like, I'm not making fun of her for being a lesbian. No, I'm not being critical. Yeah. I think it's great that there was a very obviously a lesbian <laughs> on mainstream television at this time. And of course, she would be dating guys because it's the era yeah. and she wasn't allowed to accept herself. But let's catch up with Joe and see what her relationships look like. <laughs> I, I I believe that they'll pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> I think there's a reunion movie in like 2001. Maybe they there is because I watched this on YouTube. That was what you said, and there was a link to it, and I was gonna mention that. We could do it. I still don't want to watch it, but if you would watch it and summarize it briefly, I would be interested. Just interested in her who sh- her relationship. Like, Dude, I story? would like to know what happened to Tootie. <laughs> <laughs> I I just remember the show became really all about Joe and Blair were like the two main ones and then Natalie and Tootie were always like side characters. Really? I always thought it was all about Tootie. That's just because Tootie is such a fun name. It is. Tootie was the only one I remembered her name. Yeah. But uh, Blair wants to now weasel out of this whole commitment she made to the Nickleby house. But Joe isn't happy about it because her dad was is an ex-con and thinks those men deserve to be entertained. And Mrs. Mrs. Garrett is on Joe's side. I'm going to ask you the question that you usually ask, which is, did we know that Joe's dad was a jailbird uh, prior? Like, is this an established part of her backstory boy. or are they dropping this on us for the first time? I mean, you you knew she grew up in with some tough... Yeah, in like a rough household. Yeah. Now, did they ever explicitly say that her dad was in jail? I wouldn't doubt it, but I can't say for sure. It felt to me the way they dropped it here that it was like a very known thing. Yeah. On and this is season six. Yeah. I feel like the we've seen a lot of it. I also want to talk about Blair's hair and her outfit <laughs> and stuff because her hair is gigantic. She's dressed like Murphy Brown or something. Like, yeah, you're right. She's, she's dressed like a middle-aged woman. <laughs> yeah. She's a very Murphy Brown looking Well, that's her. the uh, religious streak in her, right? Yeah, probably. I guess. I'm glad that big-ass hair has gone out of style. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is that that did not age well. Or the shoulder No, pads. it you, yeah, you might say it aged hair. prematurely. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did think it was pretty funny that right about when I finished typing, prisoners deserve Christmas too. Joe was like, prisoners deserve Christmas too. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, thanks, Joe. You got my back. <laughs> it's true. Joe understands. Yeah, Mrs. Garrett says, Joe's right. Christmas has got to be the worst time of the year for those men. I would I would think failing to get paroled is probably the worst time of year for Well, them. if they're even up for it, you know. Yeah. It was interesting, too, when Joe got mad that they were going to cut out on the convicts, and she was like, you people can't disappoint them. And it was like, you people? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's always not a good phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe mentions that her dad's favorite song was I'll Be Home for Christmas while I was in prison. So my pedantic question was, is that his favorite Christmas song or is that his favorite like song of all time? Because <laughs> mm. the former is kind of poignant. The latter is kind of weird. <laughs> I think it was just like that was the song that resonated with him the most during the Christmas season while yeah. he was in jail. That's which how make, I took it. Yeah, which makes sense. Oh, now it makes something later more important. <laughs> so you, you missed miss that part. You missed that the first like... time around, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, like, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't blame myself for being disinterested enough that I didn't I didn't write it down, you know. That's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with that oversight. It's not like I read a good book and missed a theme or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, Blair is pretty much like it'd be unfair for her to sing in front of him because she's too hot and they just... That's more or less what she says. I mean, it's almost yeah. her exact phrasing. It's... Yeah, it would be like that scene in Apocalypse Now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they the stage. Yeah, they lose their minds. And then Joe says, You are like every other socialite do-gooder. You'll do anything for the less fortunate as long as you don't have to come face-to-face -face with them. See, these are the facts of life right here. Joe's <laughs> dropping them, man. It's all everything she says is truth. So yeah, basically, she, what she's saying is that Blair is a terrible liberal. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't even know if she's really liberal. She's just yeah, right. She's well, like a terrible the rich liberal. kid. Yeah, yeah she's, she's a terrible liberal, liberal as we think of them now in the terms of being like a social do-gooder instead of just being like fuck people who are different than me in any way. Yeah, and I'll I'll just throw in without any judgment on this. It is interesting. That, you know, they're just talking about the less fortunate, which is usually referred to, like, poor or sick people, and they're just lumping in prisoners there, too. Yeah, I mean, there is something quasi-interesting here in terms of this argument. Just, it, like, like, on the one hand, I don't necessarily disagree that, like, pris prisoners have a right to some Christmas entertainment. Like, that, that it, would, it must be a hard time of year for them, and they could you know, use the entertainment. But then on the other hand, like they're not the less fortunate in the same way that people whose misfortunes weren't brought on by their own actions are unfortunate. Mm. And so then there's also part of me that's like, well, if they didn't want to be in prison on Christmas, maybe they shouldn't have committed the crime that got them in prison. Yeah, but, well, you know, then, but we don't even know why they're in prison. Well, of course. Now, yeah. now who's a shitty liberal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I know, but like at the same time, like I don't disagree. Like, yeah, they, 
they probably deserve some Christmas entertainment. I mean, I think that Blair, if she had her way, the poor and the sick would be in prison. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> but um, that, that all makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on what you did. Because if it was like child murderer prison, then I'd be like, yeah, fuck them, you know. But a lot of these guys are probably like, you know, they they're they a poor person. Yeah, they had some crack one time, or you know. Yeah, I mean, if they were like prisons today, it'd be like you know. They had crack, they had marijuana, and so now they're in jail, even though... And I guess that's kind of the interesting thing to think about, is that we lump all criminals together in prisons, and we just assume... So we, like, some people just want to punish them as if they're all the worst offenders, instead of thinking about the people who are the lesser of the offenders. Yeah, people like Austin. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, what's worse than not getting to see a Christmas show? <laughs> they don't get eggnog. They get no nog yeah. whatsoever. They no just nog got, at uh, all. That's inhuman. Uh, that's what I'm saying. They just got Yule time pudding or something to that. <laughs> no, no figgy pudding. <laughs> yeah, they no, should have said figgy pudding. Was there no carolers? Nothing. Uh, and certainly, and, and maybe certainly... that's where Carol is. That she couldn't do this episode. Maybe she's singing carols to prisoners <laughs> <laughs> um certainly there is something to be said for blair making a commitment and then honoring that commitment even if she yeah. misunderstood what she was committing to in the first place yeah, cause yeah it's about this time the uh assistant foreman shows up ready to take her to the prison and she's trying to cancel and the assistant warden says it'll be perfectly safe she doesn't have to worry about it but she still wants to cancel but the rest of the girls decide to go in Blair's stead, including Mrs. Garrett. Though, Tootie and Natalie are still a little nervous about it, but they, they kind of have that liberal guilt that brings them along. Yeah, the warden, has, the warden has a mildly funny line where he's like, oh no, you'll be perfectly safe. I, I put my own daughter on that stage, if she had any talent. Yeah, if she had Aww. any talent at all. <laughs> um, I missed that line too. So the warden's... <laughs> Name is Mr. Jaeger, and he looked familiar. Is he anyone? You know, I had the crack research team pull his his IMDb profile, mm-hmm. and and I was mildly disappointed because he also seems very familiar to me as well. And certainly, as I scrolled through his his credits, I like saw things. Where I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. But there wasn't anything that was like, oh, he's the guy from X, or he did such and such like it was just like he's, oh he was in an episode of a show that i know i watched but so maybe that's why he's familiar but i don't specifically remember him from yeah being... as we've become pedantic about crappy tv shows i feel like more and more we just recognize people because they just did a bunch of shit like this like, yeah oh yeah. who's uh, i recognize the guy who did the bit part oh he was also a bit part on different strokes and you know whatever yeah. a bunch of crappy and I, shows and i kind of think that's what this guy was all right i'll take it so yeah uh blair also agrees to go but she's not actually going to go on stage so it's kind of weird that she's like yeah i'll just go and sit backstage but well now she's got nothing else to do (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that after party's still probably going to happen that's true she should have hung out with the rich kids (laughs) yeah i mean they already paid that jazz band i'm sure some kind of you know some kind of deposit So they arrive at the jail, and uh, the Chris. And this is, they this is where I wrote 
David just can't escape prison episodes. <laughs> I know. There's so many. At least so the difference is that they don't get sent to prison. Which yeah, is what usually they're not happens. actually behind bars in this one. Yeah. Uh, and they they have a kid's Christmas show they performed two years ago that they're going to go with because they have nothing really planned. So I thought that was pretty interesting, too, that they just happen to have a Christmas <laughs> show prepared. Like in their back like, pocket, yeah. Well, it's like if David was like, oh, I'm going to go perform for these kids. And then he was like, oh, shit, uh, they're adults. I'm not going to do it. It's not like me and Austin could be like, oh, we'll just perform our, our holiday festival <laughs> of songs. But you, like, Ryan, have not learned the facts of life yet. It's true. And I hope never to. <laughs> they do have like a bit line earlier in the episode how basically Blair and the rich girls didn't have anything planned for these boys yet either. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. I mean, I guess it's just Christmas songs. You can yeah, just like I wing know. it. I and did. Like I did love how delightfully low budget this prison is. Yeah. Where it's like they basically just took like a generic stage set and painted the walls gray, and then mm-hmm. put some prisoners sitting down in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So the prisoners have kind of congregated, and then the assistant warden shows up, but he's in a Santa outfit, so he gets some crap for that. Yeah, I did appreciate that the prisoners were like. 80s sitcom in prime time mildly rowdy yeah like they kind of were giving him crap they're like mildly giving him crap i kind of liked the relationship that they were portraying between the prisoners and the assistant warden not Mm. that i know how realistic that is in a real prison but i kind of liked what was going on there like that's how i would want a relationship to be in prison yeah, like the ward, the assistant warden's like he's tough but fair, and the prisoners yeah. are like, "We don't like you because we're in jail and you're keeping us here, but we also recognize you're not a terrible guy." Yeah, like this isn't this isn't the warden from Shawshank kind of. Yeah, thing exactly. Do you, and I I don't don't uh, fact check this, but um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure those are real prisoners because it was cheaper <laughs> than getting extras. Uh, yeah, prison prisoner slavery going on. How do yeah. you how do you feel about the one prisoner who had his like prison shirt button open down to his navel? It was pretty hot. Oh, I didn't notice that because I was so distracted by like when the prisoners are like swaying and singing along to the Christmas stuff. <laughs> you're, that you're was spoiling like spoiling it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, the assistant warden gives some jail humor of like those of you with calendars are aware that it's almost Christmas. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then he's like, you guys don't have calendars. You have nothing. Yeah, what about the fuck <laughs> All your rights have been taken away because you committed a petty crime. <laughs> to be fair, we don't know that they commit. They may, these yeah. might be child murderers. Oh, you don't have calendars. You've been robbed of your personhood by the state. <laughs> Merry Christmas. A- here's a... Here's a teenager singing a shitty song. <laughs> you gave up your right to know what day of the week it is when you smoke that weed. <laughs> I know. That's where, like, I laughed at some of the prison humor because I think there's one point where they're like, Mrs. Garrett, don't worry. They're not going to get up and walk out. No problem there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I kind of laugh, but at the same time, I'm like, it's... really funny (laughs) it's not funny for them but uh he's so then he says you know we're gonna have a christmas show and you will enjoy it and he says let's hear it for the opening act and i'm like that's not like the title of anything yeah i know (laughs) tonight we have a very special treat that you're going to enjoy now to open the show let's hear it for the opening act Let's hear it for the beginning of the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
it's, this is Natalie and Joe singing uh, We Need a Little Christmas. Natalie's uh, Joe is dressed up as Ebenezer Scrooge, and Natalie is dressed up as an elf. Yeah, so and I guess d- they brought those costumes along? I don't remember them having, like, bags or anything. Yeah, they had bags when they showed did up. Did they? Okay. They did, yeah. I wasn't paying that close attention either. And um, did you know that We Need a Little Christmas <laughs> is a popular Christmas song originating from the Jerry Herman's Broadway musical Mame and first performed by Angela Lansbury in that 1966 production. I did not know oh, that. All right. There are a surprising number of uh, classic Christmas standards that were pulled out of musicals. Yeah, in, in the musical, the song is performed after Mame has lost her fortune in the Wall Street crash of 1929 and ah. decides she... Her young nephew Patrick and her two household servants need a little Christmas now to cheer them up. <laughs> there's also a note that says uh, there's a line that uh, but Auntie Mame, it's one week past Thanksgiving now day now. But since Christmas creep has happened, they changed it. But according to the note, it was changed to but Auntie Mame, it's one week from Thanksgiving now. And I don't think. That changes that's, anything, but you're right. Like that's not any more or less accurate than yeah. it was before. <laughs> I think yeah. it was supposed to be like it's one week to Thanksgiving, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I guess if Carol was here, she'd probably argue this point, but I think I'm pretty sure that these are the actresses' actual voices. Like these are the actresses. Oh yeah. Doing yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hope so, because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because they're not great. And I so as well as where I'm like well, I guess I guess kudos for just having these actresses go out and sing because I mean they they're, they're well, not, not bad. Well, they're not bad, but I mean they're not professional singers yeah. in shows, and that's probably for the best. So kudos to not overdubbing them with like professional singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt to me like um, like when you read like people's uh, rememberings of being on a show, and they're always like, "Oh, I didn't like when they would make us sing." Like. It felt like it would <laughs> suck to have to perform in this episode. You're like, I'm, I make jokes, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in this skit, uh, Joe is Scrooge, so Natalie brings the Christmas spirit to Scrooge. But he's not really committed to this Christmas-hating thing, because he turns around pretty quickly, and I don't know. There wasn't as much of a character arc as I was hoping for in this performance. Yeah, there weren't, <laughs> there weren't three ghosts. <laughs> uh... Do we think the prisoners put this into their spank bank is my question. Yes. I mean, due to lack of options, nothing else. <laughs> Dave, if you're, you're going to ask that question after every song, spoiler alert, my answer is going to be yes every time. Well, you could see, you guys saw the pocket pool happening in the audience, right? <laughs> Those guys are stroking it, man. With, with every song, that guy's shirt got unbuttoned one more button. I know. He was like, oh, the shoulder pads. Oh, oh, that feathered hair. (laughs) It is an interesting song for like a prison song because it is kind of melancholy. It's about like how life is crappy. So we just need a little Christmas to cheer us up because we got nothing else. Like there's the line, I've grown a little leaner, grown a little colder, grown a little sadder, grown a little older. For I've grown a little leaner, grown a little colder, grown a little sadder, grown a little older. Jeez, damn. That's dark. Yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, this, it could just be purely like someone involved in the production is just like, I like the song, let's do it. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe someone chose it intentionally. And at the very least, I applaud that they didn't just pick 
like a super obvious Christmas song. Like mm-hmm. this song, and then the last song that he gets sung actually has some like thematic yeah. placement within the story. They're not just like pick three Christmas songs and sing them. Go. Yeah. And if that is what they did, they they lucked into some good ones. Yeah. I feel like they probably were like. Um... We gotta do three or four Christmas songs, and they there was like a packet of like, oh, if you buy this one, you can yeah. also get this one. <laughs> or they're public domain or something. Yeah. yeah, these don't feel like public domain Christmas songs though. Yeah. Uh, Austin. Yeah. What is your least favorite Christmas song? My ooh, that's a good um. It's <laughs> well, like, here are some of my least favorite Christmas songs. Yeah. Um, I haven't somewhat irrational dislike of both Rudolph and Frosty. Oh, shit. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of the story songs. And uh, I'm not a big fan of Santa Baby or I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Mm, you just don't like kids having joy and sultry Santa sexiness. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to fuck Santa? What's, yeah, what's the matter with you? Yeah, I just... Santa does so much for you, man. He needs to fuck Madonna at the end of his long sleigh ride. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't do much for me. What do you say? We want a hippopotamus for Christmas? Yeah, did you ever yeah. heard that song? No, that's not good. Hippopotamus for Christmas. Only hippopotamus will do. No. I don't crocodiles yeah. or, or rhinoceroses. I don't yeah. think I've ever heard that. Uh, it's just dumb. It's like a little kid singing it, so it's not even. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it. Huh. Uh, Ryan? I don't know. That's, I was trying to think. Well, I like Santa Baby. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, probably, Ryan. <laughs> probably, sorry. Probably like the <laughs> the real like uh, like sincere like gospely religious Christmas songs. You know, yeah. that's like actually what Christmas is actually supposed to be about. But the sterility. I mean, I've been I drive. I've been driving for work and stuff, and like, there's a station that's only been playing Christmas songs for like the last month, mm-hmm. and I never listen to it, so I don't really like to just play Christmas music anyway. So, but I don't, I can't think of like one that I hate the most. Do you have one, David? Ryan, would you be surprised to know that Austin loves <laughs> Christmas music? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Austin's a Pollyanna. <laughs> Uh, I mean, not that this is a terribly original one, but 12 Days of Christmas is pretty terrible, right? Like, mm, Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody know. likes that one. Uh, the Christmas Shoes song. That's Oh, <laughs> my God, yeah. How can I forget the Christmas Shoes? Oh, how does that go? What is that? It's the song about how the kid's mom is going to die, so he wants to buy her some nice shoes so that when she meets Jesus, she'll have nice shoes. Like, Jesus fucking cares what her shoes are. What? I, I feel How'd like there's go? a whole genre of, like, country-esque christmas songs that i'd probably hate each and every one that i just haven't heard yeah that sounds right that was kind of gonna be my answer actually (laughs) but uh and i lost my train of thought christmas shoes it's dumb yeah do you have a favorite christmas song well we'll get to that you think i wasn't gonna (laughs) Sorry. can you sing a little Um, of the christmas shoe song because i never heard of that uh, i'm trying to think of like how it yeah, I know. Because it's, a... it's it's kind of a story song too. And like, yeah, I can't even think oh. of like a. I was gonna it, say it's like no catchy have... lyrics or anything. Yeah, we can. I don't know. It's a... you can splice anyway. it in, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then Ryan will have to listen to it eventually. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I was gonna I'm say I'm not gonna listen to this later. They've, uh, <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> you probably don't know this, but they've actually like rewritten the lyrics to the Leonard Cohen Hallelujah song to have Christmas lyrics. Oh no! And that's pretty terrible. That that's like new this year. I feel like yeah. But then and and I knew this was gonna happen. It just happened faster than I thought. Now they're just using the original like version of the song as a Christmas song, which doesn't work <laughs> at all. I like. Oh yeah, there you go. You want to know what my absolute my my total least favorite Christmas song is? Is the Linus and Lucy Snoopy theme song because it's not oh, a yeah. fucking Christmas song. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful though. Just it's a great <laughs> song, but just because it's played on the Charlie Brown Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas song. It's also played in. Great Pumpkin Halloween and the Valentine's Day one oh, and the, yeah. the presidential what? election one. Yeah. And it's it's just the fucking Peanuts theme. Yeah, what's, your, like, what's your opinion on uh, my favorite things? Oh, a few of well, my favorite things. Yeah, and how, whether, uh, yeah. I mean, that's one of those where it's it's the same general principle as the as the Peanuts song. And it's that not it's, a Christmas song. Yeah, at all. Pl- but it's presented as a Christmas song. Is it? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Well, I mean, I they play that. it during in Christmas stations. It's just not a Christmas song at all. Oh, I don't. I don't I, you guys know all this stuff about Christmas songs that I don't know. Well, Ryan, from the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas, I only listen to Christmas music. Yeah, I'll, I believe it. <laughs> the only the only exception that I take is to listen to the new Star Wars soundtrack over the, chug, like, the last chug and nog and listen to Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the last yeah, the last three Christmases, I took a break to listen to the new Star Wars scores. That's fair. But yeah, um, my my favorite things is not a legit Christmas song either. No, isn't it? No, it's not even about Christmas at all. But like, you know, like Tony Bennett did a Christmas album and it, he yeah. sings that song. Like whenever there's various songs that like become part of the yeah. Christmas canon because various performers do a Christmas album and then like sing that song. And it's like, oh, it's on a Christmas album. So now I guess it's a Christmas song. That's probably how the fucking Hallelujah thing got started. I know. Yeah. Well, like I said, it just all happened because someone decided to change the lyrics so specifically Christmas, which I yeah. get doesn't make it good. But then I'm like, it's going to come full circle and they're just going to use the like original version and yeah. it's pretty much happened. Yeah. Just a lot quicker than I thought. Uh, and so the prisoners seem to at least enjoy it. It's probably just better than whatever their regular night is. You know, they're probably like... <laughs> sitting. It's better than sitting in a cell by yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're like, might as well just get whatever enjoyment you can out of it. And the girls go behind, go backstage, and they're pretty excited about their performance. But now Mrs. Garrett is up, and she's really nervous because she has to sing "Oh Holy Night." She does. Oh yeah, I want to compare. Would you compare um, Mrs. Garrett's rendition of "Oh Holy Night" with uh, Homer Simpson's? <laughs> I don't even know Homer's. Oh, it's from the oh. episode when when Grandpa flashes back to how he was oh, going. Yeah. Be, get rich off of Homer's voice, and then his yeah, voice changed before he went he was through singing. puberty. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. On your knees, the what a voice! Young Homer's going to make me a millionaire. Hey, my voice just changed. Oh, nice. When Christ was born. Dagnabbit! I, I knew I could count on Austin for that one. Oh, my voice changed. Oh, <laughs> holy night. <laughs> uh, 
Austin's batting a thousand right now. <laughs> I think Mrs. Garrett did a fine job with All Holy Night. This is a well-known Christmas carol composed by Adolf Adam in 1847 to the French poem... Ah, crap. (laughs) Minuit Tridian. (laughs) I got nothing on that. Uh, Midnight Christians by a wine merchant and poet, Placide Capu. In both the French original and in the two familiar English versions of the carol, as well as many other languages, the text reflects on the birth of Jesus and humanity's redemption. Some considered an abolitionist hymn due to its final verse, including lines such as, Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and his name all oppression, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Oh, it's interesting. I never thought of it that way before. But knowing that it's been around that long, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Is Mrs. Garrett dead? <laughs> <laughs> like the actress or the character? Um, I mean, I guess if the actress is dead, then the character would have to be. Well, not necessarily. They're not going to recast her. Well, no, but like in whatever fictional universe she lives in, she could still be alive. Well, that's not my problem. Is the actress dead? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's not worried about the extended facts of life universe. No, I'm not trying to make a movie. Um, I believe that uh, as of now, she is still alive, aged 91. Whoa! Let's all go visit her for Christmas and sing her songs. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Would this performance be put in the prisoner's spank bank? Yes. I mean, again, due to lack of options, <laughs> yes. But they have, I, like, multiple... You're just saying they're going to put every performance in. They're not going to yeah. choose their favorite. It's, it's, these, it's these women or that guy with his shirt unbuttoned down to his navel. <laughs> well, a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> these, these prisoners will definitely spit on it to lube it up. <laughs> so, Ryan. Yeah? What is your favorite Christmas song? Um, I'm gonna go with Christmas Time in Hollis, Queens by Run DMC. Oh, that's a good one. That might be yeah. my wife's favorite Christmas song too. Oh, uh, me and your wife have a lot in common. <laughs> Austin. Um. Well, in terms of like traditional, uh, so you Christmas have to break song, it down. By yeah, no, I got. I have like tears and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's in terms of sort of like the traditional Jesusy Christmas songs. Um, I do really like Oh Holy Night, just the musicality of it as well as uh, What Child Is This um, is another, just I like the music more so than than the lyrics um, of more contemporary songs. Uh, I'm a big sucker for Do They Know It's Christmas At All, which is, <laughs> which is just such a terribly awesome song in, in so many ways. Um, my favorite part is that Bono sings the Thank God It's Them Instead of You lyric, which is like... That song might be a little insensitive. It's a hundred percent insensitive, <laughs> and every like Christmas radio station plays it like nonstop during the holidays. It's like this is a terrible song, people. Um, like it, it's like it's te- like the, what it's saying is terrible, like the, the the story that it's telling. Um, but it's got like a cool '80s drum beat and a little synthesizer going for it. I like that. Um, I also, I mean the 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 Peanuts Christmas music like the the soundtrack to that christmas special that's easily my favorite Christ- oh i love that where they're like oh, 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 oh. that's yep. a really great one christmas time is 
Christmas time is here again. That's probably my yeah, favorite. Yeah, that's a great one. It's like it just it hits that right that just that perfect note of like fun and magic, but also like melancholy and sadness that yeah. swirls around. And that's what I love about the whole Peanuts Christmas special is that it it manages to get all of that down. And that whole soundtrack's great. It's just like a little jazz band trio, like piano, the bass, and a um um sax doing their thing, and it's just it's a lot of fun. I really like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, when you go traditional, I mean, I used to be a huge fan of All Holy Night. It feels a little overdone now. Like, yeah, yeah. any singer with any range wants to do that song. Right. Like, once like, once Mrs. Garrett sang it, you're like, I'm over it. <laughs> like, I'm so over it. I've, always, I've obviously always loved Snoopy's Christmas. Oh, yeah, the Red which, Baron one. Yeah, which may have led to me on a different podcast singing a rendition of it. I think, yeah, I mean, and uh, I'm always down for a little wham, too, you know, some last Christmas. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, could... I also like um, um, Carol of the Bells. Yeah. Not that, there, not that there's a lot of uh, um, uh, lyrics to it or anything. I mean, there are lyrics to it, but no one, everyone just knows the music, and that's what's great. Uh, fun fact, nobody's favorite Christmas song is Jingle Bells. Oh, yeah. yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Honestly, you didn't. You didn't throw in Dominic the Donkey. I was just though. gonna say we can't leave out Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. <laughs> Jiggity jig, e ah e ah, Dominic the Donkey. Jiggity jig, e ah e ah, the Italian Christmas Donkey. I don't know if I know that one either. <laughs> it's pretty. You're fan- missing out, right? It's pretty fantastic. I don't know, man. I just don't know where I've been. Uh, so then next, Tootie is being introduced as somebody with a new look of an old song. So how about a big round of applause for a lovely lady with a new look at an old song? Yeah, was that a crack about a race? <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. I'm just going to assume it was. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think there are any white supremacists in the audience? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's prison. It's kind of a breeding ground for him. Yeah. Well, that guy had all those swastikas tattooed all over him. <laughs> you, you didn't see him? He was right next to the guy who was jerking off. <laughs> uh, so, Tootie sings a Jingle Bell Rock medley. Yep. Uh, Jingle Bell Rock is an American popular Christmas song first released by Bobby Helms in 1957 after mm. it was recorded in October of 1957. It has received frequent airplay in the United States during every Christmas season since then. It's a catchy little tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not hating on Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, also included in the medley was Winter Wonderland, a mm-hmm. winter song popularly rec- regarded as a Christmas song written in 1934 by Felix Bernard, music, and Richard B. Smith, lyricist. Through the decades, it has been recorded by over 200 different artists. Wow. Dick Smith, a native of Honsdale, Pennsylvania, was reportedly inspired to write the song after seeing Honsdale Central Park covered in snow. Smith had written the lyrics while in the West Mountain Sanitarium, being treated for (laughs) tuberculosis, better known than as consumption. Oh, interesting. (laughs) So I guess Winter Wonderland's some sort of fever dream, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, all right. And then also, the third song in the medley was Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, a song written by Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine, 
was introduced by Judy Garland in the 1944 MGM musical Meet Me in St. Louis. That's another classic hmm. Christmas song pulled out of it. Yeah. Frank Sinatra later recorded a version with modified lyrics. It was in 2004 it finished at number 76 in AFI's 100 Years 100 Songs rankings of the top tunes in American cinema. It's classic. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's a it's a good Christmas standard. Now, this one's definitely going to the spank bank for the prisoners though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. she's really uh, sexing it up by 1980s sitcom standards right totally yeah i mean she's wearing like a big kind of shapeless outfit but it doesn't matter because she's yeah. really giving them the gusto but the, but like, the, she's got like a slits up her leg almost to her like well yeah it almost looks like she's wearing like a uh like an over like a men's dress shirt and nothing out like that's kind of yeah. the, the look um, this is, is this, is Joe accompanying her on the piano at this time? I think. Yeah. Yeah. She's totally, Joe's totally looking at her like she wants to kiss her. <laughs> well, she does. <laughs> <laughs> More also, than the prisoners do. Even. Also, I, I question since, since the whole, up until this point, this whole Christmas pageant that they've been putting on for the prisoners is is there is the one that they did for these like for kids two years ago? <laughs> yeah, like um, I question how much the kids would have gotten about out of uh, out of Tootie's performance. Here. Listen, boys need to become men at some point. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Austin, yeah. What's your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite. Oh Jesus Christ! I should have be more prepared for this. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like I have this documented somewhere. Ask Ryan. Ooh, I, yeah, I actually that's an easy one for me. I think. Which is it? What's that? Uh, oh yeah, sorry. I, I always have to be prompted to say things. Um, <laughs> I would say Scrooged by with Bill Murray. Oh yeah, yeah. Another good one is Home Alone. Yeah, I do. I do. Home Alone is one of those like. Oh, uh, and then uh, Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Die. Die Hard is one of those. Um, um, like I like it. It's it is technically a Christmas movie, but I like it more as like it's just like a, a great action movie. Well, it can be two things. Yeah, I know. I'm saying I like it more as a. I'd put it on my favorite action movie list before I would put it on my favorite um, Christmas movie list. I guess is what I'm trying. That's to That's what say. makes it a great Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> they can watch it without getting the Christmas spirit. I mean, it makes me feel hope and uh, love for my fellow man. <laughs> What's yours, David? While Austin tries to, think. Yeah, what is he? What are you googling? Your favorite Christmas movie? I don't know. No, I have. I had this all. I had this all written up once upon a time. Oh yeah. No, I. I. It, it's a. There's an o- very obvious answer for me. It took me a minute to remember what it is. Uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. It is <laughs> not the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> uh, I like the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh right. yes, that is fantastic. I enjoyed that one. And I, I know growing up, I really liked the Santa Claus. Oh, come on. I did. I don't know. What, what, you, have what, you ha, have you watched it as an adult? Yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is I, I don't think I'm a fan of Tim Allen anymore. So that doesn't yeah. yeah. Although I like when he gets his weenie whistle at the end. That's yeah. the main thing I remember about it. But it's one of those movies where, like, as a kid, you're like, yeah, they're such jerks. His dad's Santa. Why won't you let him be with him? And then when you watch this guy, you're like, He's kidnapping that child. He's, <laughs> like those parents yeah. are not wrong to believe him to be mentally unstable. Like, yeah, it's kind I feel of like a, that happens a lot in movies. Or... Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. We should do the wizard sometime. Oh, oh I would do the wizard. <laughs> do a very. That's a very all about special... making somebody who just wants to like bring a person <laughs> home to their mother to be the greatest villain of all. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is a close second for me. That's uh, I watch that every year. It's fantastic. Um, Mike uh, Michael Caine is is is, is wonderful. He and yeah. it's like he's not even a great singer, but goddamn, he tries his best and it shows. <laughs> and um, it's great. No, my all time favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. Oh yeah. Oh, Christmas Story, right? Yeah, yeah. They just did a TV remake, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did a live uh, remake of it. Did, I hear. Did I did not. It? I did not. I kind of forgot. I was gonna record it, and then I kind of forgot about it, and then I heard that it was really, really shitty, and so now I'm kind of glad that I forgot oh, to record it. All right, I haven't um, recorded. I might check it out. Yeah, but that that is easily my all time favorite Christmas movie. Like I, that was on my dad and I watched it growing up. It's like my dad's favorite Christmas movie. So we have a lot of like in jokes and stuff from it that we share. And, oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. Watch it. They, they air it 20, every 24 hours of a Christmas story on TBS every year. And, um, we, uh, you know, can kind of dip in and out of it. It's very episodic. So you can just kind of come and go throughout the day. And, yeah. yeah. I just realized when I like, I realized while writing this question, I was like, I really don't have like a go-to Christmas movie. I have to see every year or anything like that. Yeah. But, it's been, but, it's been a really long time since I, I watched a Christmas story from like start to finish uninterrupted. Yeah. Cause it's I just, such it's, a, it's so episodic. Yeah. Movie yeah. That you, you can just watch. You can get away with that. Um, I also, I also, I do like home alone and, um, um, it's also honorable mention is, uh, the national lampoons Christmas vacation is pretty great. Yeah. Oh, which is it's probably my favorite National Lampoon's movies, but that's mostly because I'm not a huge fan of the other ones as much as some people are. Mm. What if all three of us had said Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole? <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually seen that one. Oh, it's I saw great. it. I saw it once. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so the prisoners and the assistant warden want more. But the show is over. They're like, we got nothing left. But you know, what I kind think... of fucking shitty show is three songs? Long? <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, this is like a ten minute show here. You might, you might I'm have. Not, I can't. It. Like, this isn't even like greedy prisoners want more ladies dancing. It's like you <laughs> promised them a show. It was like a fifteen minute three song. Like if that, like three songs. That's not a show. I got a lot to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> One is um. They're they're prisoners. Yeah. So they have no say in if there's more songs or not. Well, right, of course. <laughs> but the warden is just trying to like keep them happy because he's like a proud papa here. He doesn't. And I guess it is reasonable. Like, all right, you guys sing three songs. So, and then they're like, "Whoa, we got nothing left." It's not like they're writing their original music to <laughs> sing any fucking Christmas song. Yeah. Here. It's like, come on, it's just you're. I don't know. That was that bothered me. Where they're so like, oh no, we're really we got. No, they're all panicked. Like, oh, yeah. what are we gonna do? It's like, <laughs> right. like, like you don't know any more Christmas songs here. Pull something out of your ass. Right, right. No, Mrs. Garrett. They know between all of them, they can play three songs on the piano. That's mm-hmm. it. So yeah, but the, you know they they want more, and then Mrs. Garrett's like, well. She makes this big speech saying that when we leave here, we all go home to have Christmas with our families. But for these men, we're just about all the Christmas that they're going to get. We all show the true Christmas spirit today, but how about a little more? So this prompts Blair to decide that she's going to go out and perform. You know, I didn't see that coming. Did you guys? <laughs> I just thought she stood was going to stay backstage the entire episode and just be like, nope, these guys are scum and I'm too scared to sing in front of them. 
Yeah, I that's was, how it, yeah. my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> it was a Christmas miracle. Right? Were you shocked at what she's saying, Austin? I was shocked. <laughs> I know um, Ryan wouldn't have been able to predict it because he wasn't paying attention, but uh, <laughs> I was indifferent. I was like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> It's a sweet emotional moment because she comes out and sings I'll Be Home for Christmas, a Christmas song recorded in 1943 (laughs) by Bing Crosby, who scored a top 10 hit with the song, originally written to honor soldiers overseas who longed to be home at Christmas time. Oh. Which is probably a better context for the song than prisoners who want to be home for Christmas. Yeah, but it't still works, right? It don't, no, it totally. It it does work. I mean, wasn't it just a cruel reminder to them that they're not home for Christmas? Yeah, but they, I don't know if yeah, I don't know if it's a remind like it's not something they needed to be reminded of. They they know like it, she's like I'd be home for Christmas yeah. if I hadn't stolen that ham. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a very sweet moment and it's particularly poignant because it was you know joe's dad's favorite song or whatever. yeah but it is also kind of a dick movie it's like hey prisoners wouldn't you like to be home right now but you're not yeah, but the song is about how you can't you can't always be home for christmas I literally know, but, but in your heart you can be david i don't feel like you should be the one arguing the, the emotional merits of the song this feels <laughs> this feel i feel like we've entered like the upside down here <laughs> Uh yeah, I did watch some Field of Dreams before we started this, so I'm already like uh, emotional. You. Yeah, that turned yeah. that dialed up your emotional so, chip. Yeah, exactly. Suddenly, I I, I can't turn off the waterworks. You know, he's uh, to catch with his dad. David, did you build it? <laughs> did they come? <laughs> Go the I, distance. I do. I do like that. That Blair kind of learning her lesson goes mostly unstate like there's not a big like she comes off stage and mrs garrett's like i'm so proud of you blair yeah. for learning that prisoners are people too <laughs> like she's just she goes out and does her thing and that's and that. this is obviously put in the spank bank too right oh, uh, this oh is, yeah this is yeah. like yeah, <laughs> this is like the yeah so she starts a cappella and then joe comes in with the uh piano on like the second verse I think it'd be funny if Blair like looked at her and be like, what the hell are you doing? I'm singing here. Yeah. Don't fuck up song. my song. <laughs> also, I mean, just for the record, it was nice that Blair came out and sang another song. And mm-hmm. and when a, a four-song show really isn't that much better than a three-song <laughs> show. For, for the record, we don't know that it ended at this. <laughs> I suppose. We don't know they what were... happened. But, but the prisoners got into it, and they started singing along with Blair, and they started yeah. swaying to the music, and it was all very emotional for them. Yep. They're yeah. just swaying to make it less conspicuous that they're jerking <laughs> off. <laughs> Way to ruin it, Ryan. Uh, I, I'm trying to help. <laughs> uh, so then, like, all Mrs. Garrett and the rest of the girls come out, and they're all singing together, and... Then we get treated to a happy holidays because a uh, uh, little, I'm trying to think of text at the bottom of the screen, because uh, Trump isn't president yet, so they couldn't say Merry Christmas. Right, mm. happy holidays. The war, the war on Christmas was still, uh, yeah, was still raging in 19. Despite how much Christmas was talked about in this episode, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Austin, what's your least favorite Christmas movie? My least favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. <sighs> Home Alone 2 is pretty shitty. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just the first movie, but like, 
shifted over slightly um into a into a new location uh no that's let me think on that for a second ryan you got anything i mean you really sideswiped me with that i mean probably like um there's all those like joey lawrence and clarissa the teenage witch religious specials i've never seen i'd imagine those are probably pretty bad well there's probably Uh, a lot of christmas movies i haven't seen that are bad. oh right like the the hallmark channel plays nothing but original christmas movies every year for like 25 days i'm sure they're all awful yeah i know i know somebody who might disagree with you on that one well my mother-in-law would but i have not seen any of them (laughs) wait i want to change my favorite one oh yeah to the Yule Log. Oh, that's your favorite Christmas movie is the Yule Log? It's good. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of like a really shitty Christmas movie. I mean, it seems like that should be easy, but yeah, nothing's I'm having coming a hard time coming to up me. with like a really like one that I just actively because even Home Alone 2 is a shitty movie, but I'll still put it on and watch him throw bricks at criminals. <laughs> what do you not like about um, <laughs> Home Alone Home 2? Alone 2. Yeah, what's your problem? That it's literally it? the same movie as the first one, but in New York. Yeah. But they dial up the the like the cartoonish violence. There's that whole subplot involving uh, Rob Schneider and Tim Curry in the hotel, and. It just it takes an already ludicrous premise that I'm real that I'm willing to run with in the first movie and like stretches it to its breaking point. It just like it's so shamelessly like there's even a kindly old person that at first I know that's kind of scary at first. But then he befriends and it's just like it's it's they don't even try to shake things up in terms of how it all goes down. Oh, you know what's another really good Christmas movie is Bad Santa. I really like that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Bad Santa. Did you ever it. see Jingle funny. All the Way? I haven't seen that, but I bet that would be a worst one. Ugh, yeah, yeah or... I feel like I, I feel like I watched like the last twenty minutes of it on TV at one point, and it was awful. was that the Arnold Schwarzenegger one? Yeah, another good Christmas one is Gremlins. Is really good. Yeah, yeah, I still prefer Gremlins two to the original. Oh, and, that's and Gre- not a Christmas movie. And Gremlins two is is not a Christmas movie. So. Batman Returns. <laughs> no, I Bat- saw that on the list. Yeah, Batman movie. Returns yeah. is set at Christmas. I personally don't like White Christmas. I saw that. Not a fan of that movie. And I uh, and I don't yeah. like the Rudolph claymation. <laughs> oh, really? It, it, it freaked me out as a kid. It, it just really like, <laughs> something visually just did not sit right with me, and I'm just like, this is all scary. So I just can't watch this. Oh shit! You guys are ready for this? I am to be top 100 Christmas movies of all time. Guess what's number one? Is pretty obvious one. Uh, Die, Die Hard. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Guess what's number two? What? Die Hard. Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't let Christy find out you don't like White Christmas because she loves that movie. <laughs> I don't know if I know that one. That's It's where the song White Christmas came from. It's Bing Crosby. And Although it has nothing to do with actually wanting a White Christmas, I think. Yeah, no, I he's know. singing it in Berlin in the war. Uh, Is it about cocaine? Oh, Edward Scissorhands. That's another really good Christmas movie. I draw. I feel like there's a distinction between a movie that takes place at Christmas and a Christmas movie. Yeah, I guess. So that's sometimes you look at some of those lists. I'm like, well, that's just a movie set at Christmas. It's not really about Christmas. I've, I've never know, seen people say that that's like it's a Wonderful Life is only set at Christmas. I don't know. It's... Yeah, but it's a Wonderful I'm... Life has that weird thing where it has like decades and decades of 
being aired on or around Christmas. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the song that has become like a Christmas standard, even though it's not technically about Christmas. I don't know. Um, yeah, God, I feel like there should be a really shitty Christmas movie that I'm not thinking of, but I can't, I can't place it. I'm sure people tweet at us. Yeah, definitely, definitely tweet at or drop us a line on Facebook if there's a... Yeah, tell us what Christmas movie you hate the most. Yeah, I am struggling to think of one that I just would actively refuse to watch. Yeah, we haven't mentioned Love Actually, which I like. Um, oh, I've never seen that one. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm a sucker for Love Actually. That's I don't I don't have it's not one I have to watch every year, and it's also kind of episodic, so you can just kind of like tune in for the good stuff and tune out for the weird, creepy stuff. But um, yeah, there's some creepy stuff going on. Yeah, that's I mean it's 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 a movie that has like it has some really good stuff and also has some really unfortunate stuff in it too. So. The 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 um the stop motion little drummer boy I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> oh, and I heard Bad Mom's Christmas was pretty lousy. Oh, really? Yeah, That's, uh, Shrek that... the Halls. <laughs> oh, you know what was bad? I saw Coco, and then they had in the beginning that Frozen Christmas special. That thing was brutal. How bad it was. Oh, really? That thing, there was like an upset about it, and they were right because it was basically like they tacked a really shitty made-for-TV Christmas special into the because fr- you know there's usually like a short before a Pixar movie, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and it's usually like eight minutes, and it's some kind of innovation involved in it. This was like a twenty-two-minute, like the most mediocre, mediocre Christmas special you've ever seen with yeah. the Frozen characters. It was like really bad. Yeah. Ryan, do you you know I mean Jim Carrey's. Grinch movie is probably the worst Christmas movie. <laughs> then I'm uh, based on this list, yeah, because I'm not finding I'm not finding many really bad ones that I've seen before. Yeah, you know? Ryan, where do you uh, Polar Express? I'm not a fan of that. I uh, haven't watched that, yeah. and the way that it looks is so off putting to me that I've never seen it. Yeah, I hear Christmas with the Cranks is pretty awful, but I never saw it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ryan, where do you come down on Nightmare Before Christmas? Is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Well, it's both, which is part of its charm. I like that one. I, I do think too. It's really no, I good. really like it too. What about Friday After Next? That... <laughs> I've never seen Friday After Next. I don't think mm, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, lethal Lethal Weapon. Friday. Lethal Weapon is another uh, Die Hard esque action movie set at Christmas. You know, I've never seen Lethal Weapon. Oh, really? Oh, you should go back. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a little it's a classic bit of eighties action cinema. I know. I'm it's I, I'm feeling like I gotta finally see it. Reindeer Games. Oh, that's really terrible. Bad. Yeah. With Ben Affleck and Charlie's there, but that's another. It's just set at Christmas, but it's it's okay. awful. It's a terrible, terrible movie. Do you think that people like to listen to our podcast when we're just looking, looking at, at lists and reading them to each other? <laughs> Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas. That's probably... I saw some of that. It was really unwatchable. Yeah, how much of this should I uh, cut out? You know, just like I think we should keep it all. What is this? A Grandpa for Christmas? Bert is an old-time movie star singer hoofer who retires from showbiz and estranged from his daughter, nine-year-old granddaughter Becca. That looks pretty good. <laughs> it's got Ernest Borgnine in it. There, there's I'll Be Home for Christmas, coincidentally. Uh, that was like a JTT movie. <laughs> oh, yep. Eight Crazy Nights, the Adam Sandler animated one. But that'd be Hanukkah, though. So. Yeah, eight, eight Crazy Nights would be a Hanukkah. Oh, Jack Frost? Yeah. yeah, the Jack Frost with Michael Keaton. I never actually saw it, but that's supposed to be really bad. Yeah. yeah. The one where he turns into a, a snowman. Yeah. 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 So well, what there else is got? The, a Christmas story too. Oh, it's terrible. 
Yeah, I hear that's pretty awful as well. All right, so Austin, is that the end? The credits came on, right? Yeah, that was I was it. gonna ask Austin. Uh, what did you think of the episode? Did you learn anything? Was it very <laughs> special? I learned that prisoners deserve Christmas too. <laughs> hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, this wasn't anything lowercase s special, but it was fine. Uh, I mean, it was it was like ten minutes of a TV show and twenty minutes of people singing Christmas songs, and it was it was cute and quaint. And they did a I I definitely appreciated that they didn't have like a big good job learning your lesson, Blair, kind of thing at the end. Even though Blair clearly learned her lesson and did the nice thing and sang the song that Joe's dad liked, and, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, it wasn't like I was paying a whole hell of a lot of attention to this. I'm like, okay, now they're gonna sing this song. I'll check back in when the song's over. Right. Um, I thought that this was a really good example of like a Christmas episode that I could see like when it first aired and it being around Christmas, you would see it and be like, oh, that was kind of nice. And then anytime it came on in reruns, you'd be like, (laughs) fuck, like it's totally outside of the context of it actually being Christmas. It's like unwatchable, basically. Like, um, so for that reason, I didn't think it was great. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh yeah so like i remember i think i saw this when i was watching like tbs some day like around christmas was doing like it all their sitcoms it was just the christmas episodes of the sitcoms that they had in syndication mm-hmm. and so like i'd see like a major dad christmas episode <laughs> and, like a step-by-step christmas episode and then this Ooh. came on and other stuff and so then, like, as I was getting older, every time I would think about sitcom Christmas episodes, this one would come to mind for me as much as others, even though, like, I feel like I'm probably the only person who thinks of this. When oh, is this where you episodes. admit that this is in your spank bank? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> no. Because you sure brought that up a lot. I know, because I was trying to come up with material because I knew we didn't have much to talk about. And Yeah, well, we do all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And so, and so, yeah, so this isn't much of an episode as we've kind of talked about, but I feel like so many sitcom Christmas specials are about people learning the true meaning of Christmas by a, like, not worrying about presents or helping the poor or the sick or learning to love their family despite their flaws or stuff. But, like, this is the only one I know of that has dealt with, like, prisoners and yeah. when I was watching it, when I was like 10 to 12, it's just something I never even thought about was like people in prison in Christmas. Or yeah, I mean, like that. when you get right down to it, the, the the lesson that this that this episode is trying to teach, like I said, is that prisoners deserve Christmas, too. And I dare say there's not another single Christmas episode of any TV show that tries to teach that mm-hmm. lesson. Yeah, that's true. And it is, and as we kind of talked about, like, they have this group of people, and they just present them as prisoners. We don't know why they're in prison, and for all we know, some of them are really bad people who might not deserve anything. I mean, I don't know. Right, right. But... It, or but then I'm like I don't know why all of them. Maybe some of them just you know you know were addicted to drugs, or maybe they were wrongfully imprisoned, and then all. And I guess I just watched this as a kid, and I'm not saying it suddenly like changed all my thoughts and opinion on like a uh, criminal justice reform, but it stuck with me enough to just have me thinking about it. You know, to just like kind of look at things in a different light. Where and I guess maybe more than that to even just look at it and think about it. Whereas. Yeah, I just most most people probably don't give it a second thought. Yeah, yeah. 
Is that why you became a lawyer, David? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how passionate I became. Is this episode, though, is it about, like, recognizing the humanity in people who are incarcerated? Or is it about feeling good about doing a good deed? Uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Anytime you have an episode about helping people, it's probably going to come off as holier than thou and people patting themselves on the back. Yeah. But I think it just usually isn't about helping prisoners. And, you know, and these days we have stuff like, and I haven't watched it, but, like, you know, I'm sure Orange is the New Black really, like, gets into more of this than, yeah. obviously, than this. Yeah, I love that show. Barely an episode does, but I'm just saying that it's, it's always stuck with me because it got me at least thinking about prisons and prisoners and who deserves what. And it's a, uh, I could... We could talk about it a whole lot more about our prison system, but sure, most people don't want it. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. This all got me thinking, though, like about those things you said. And it made me just, I got me thinking about the crack research team. And so I gave them a raisin. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan's heart, heart, heart grew three sizes. Yeah. My heart grew ten sizes bigger. <laughs> and now, to celebrate, so, to celebrate our goodness, let us sit down to a sumptuous Christmas feast. Yeah. I know. Let's see no. a big. Roast I'm gonna go beast. sing them. I'll be home for Christmas first. We earned it. Know that they'll never see their parents at Christmas. You know. But, oh but, no! I mean, their they, parents they, wouldn't they, want them anyway. Yeah. But, which you should remind them. I don't care what they believe. <laughs> They're subhuman to us. It's true. If that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I feel like this episode is gonna do long. Now that I'm off my soapbox, my sort of soapbox, uh, we can do a mailbag. Austin, we got mail. We do have a little bit of mail. Right. Um, over on our Facebook page, uh, when we when we requested some um mail mail or comments on our Facebook page to be read on the show. Uh, Michael Rudy left us a comment saying, uh, I hope you guys probe into 1970s television some more. Good Times clumsily attempted many special episodes, and the original Full House reviewed blog inspired my own review of The Brady Bunch, which obviously is from the 70s. <laughs> um, I still LOL thinking about comments made on your Saved by the Bell podcast. So thank oh, that's you. nice. So yeah. do I. Uh, your current podcast has encouraged me to watch some shows I'd never have even considered otherwise. Us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know these guys weren't dying to watch some facts of life. I can. Tell I'll tell you, you, yeah, that's true. Uh, keep up, <laughs> keep up the great work, and we will we will do our best to do that, Michael. Thanks, um, Michael. Merry thanks, Michael. holidays. Yeah, and we could look into some seventy. I'm just not as familiar with it. Yeah, so it's like yeah. more of a mystery bag if I decide to go there. Yeah, I keep meaning to do this specific episode of Taxi, which is late seventies. So oh, maybe yeah. that'll be yeah. in the first quarter. That'll yeah. be my next one. Uh, and then uh, Anita Rose left us a comment that her favorite episode of a Christmas show has to be, and then she gave me a a uh, uh, gif of the Bone Storm Santa blasting Bone Storm into the TV from. The Marge be not proud episode of The Simpsons. Oh. When he declares, you know, tell your parents, give me Bone Storm or go to hell. <laughs> uh, which is prompting me to ask you guys 
What's uh, your favorite of the various Simpsons Christmas episodes? Uh, I'm trying to remember um, them all. Is the Bone Storm where he he gets caught stealing? Yeah, the shop. Yeah, that's season one. seven, and then there's the very first episode. Been, obviously, yeah. the very first episode, and then they didn't really do a Christmas episode until the bone storm shoplifting yeah so those are probably the only two i know because i really quit the simpsons not long after the season seven there's the one where uh uh, miracle on evergreen terrace where bart accidentally like destroys all the presents and wrecks the christmas tree oh yeah i've seen that one buries in the yard and tells them there's robbers and so then the whole town like donates them like gives them money and presents and then it turns out that Bart lied about it all, and the town gets mm-hmm. mad and like steals all their stuff and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also uh, there's Tis the fifteenth season when uh, Homer spends all of their Christmas money on a gift for himself, and then they do some fourth wall breaking commentary on Christmas Carol pastiches as he watches the Mister Magoo's Christmas Carol, and then decides he's gonna be a better person as a result of that. And so then him and Flanders get into a contest to uh, uh, hand out presents and Homer ends up like stealing everybody's presents in a Grinch move because he's going to teach them that not having possessions is the best way to go or something like that. I don't uh, even remember that one. Yeah. I like, no, I hadn't, I just I like long gone by then. I just like that one. Cause they do a, a, a riff on the Grinch song where, they refer to Homer as a double bacon genius burger and a little bit drunk, <laughs> which is a great line that I that I like. And uh, there's the Funzo episode uh, oh, yeah. with with Gary Coleman, where the school <laughs> where, the, where the school goes bankrupt because uh, Bart gets briefly I... put into a wheelchair and the mafia builds shoddily constructed ramps that fall apart. And so I they think shut I have down. To go with that one because that involves <laughs> Gary Coleman ordering, <laughs> saying he ordered a galaxy of prawns and three prawns does not make a galaxy. <laughs> and then Bart's like, "I well, want to hear how this fit ends up." <laughs> and then Lisa's like, "The phone isn't even plugged in." <laughs> Get down, security guard. Hey, it's Gary Coleman. But the menu said galaxy of prawns. Three prawns are hardly a galaxy. What do you mean your hands are tied? Let me talk to Mr. Kwan. I want to see how this turns out. The phone's not even plugged in. All right, you listen to me, Kwan. Hang on, I got another call. Yes, Mr. President. I can be in Washington right away. Yeah, so this, like, a toy company (laughs) buys the school and then uses the class to, like, as, like, market research. So they create this, like, Funzo toy that then is secretly designed to destroy all other toys so that you'll have to buy more Funzos. And Bart and Lisa investigate, and Gary Coleman is the security guard at the Kid First Industries. Oh, I think I saw. Is that the one where it ends? And he goes, what you talking about? Everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I saw that one at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one is probably my favorite Simpsons Christmas episode as well. The original is really good too. Right? It is, yeah. And it, it's not a great first episode for the show, but it's a pretty great. Yeah. It's it's much more. It's a much better Christmas special than it is an episode of The Simpsons, but it's pretty solid. Yeah. With Santa's little helper and yep, Bart's mother tattoo. Oh yeah! Did we get any other? Uh, we do. Mail? We have two more emails. Uh, All right. One is uh, letting us know that uh, our custom four hundred four page is missing. Oh. And that uh, Javanta with Digital Marketing Manager 
has over seven years of experience in marketing and search engine optimization. I um, knew it was what our mail was going to be. <laughs> but we have one legitimate email here. We have a real one? Okay. We have a real one, and this is a very special Christmas present for David. Oh, oh this boy. Is, this is from, and now I, the, I haven't verified this yet, but this is from a Milan Raskovich, and the subject line is, too close for comfort for every man there's two <gasps> women rape episode download link what? and there and there is a link in the body of the email and it says i remember you guys asking for this in one of the early podcasts holy shit Did do you, you think it's going to give us, us malware yeah i was to say all right so i'm going to blow up my computer here you're going to do it cuz i wouldn't do it do it do it do it do it uh, well, there it is a file that I'm supposed to download from Mega Desktop App. Uh, so I'm not going to go any further than that right now, but it looks pretty legit. Ooh, let me know, because I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Wow, that's like the the white whale. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Merry Christmas, David. You get your male rape episode after all. What you talking about, everybody? <laughs> that is from a uh, Milan Raskovich. Milan Raskovich, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, this is you just made my who is day, hopefully not some kind of Russian bot that is trying to destroy my computer as we speak. I know he's yeah. gonna like vote for you. Yeah, soon you're gonna be <laughs> tweeting out all sorts of pro-Trump stuff. You know, and... I know. Right, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is the extent of our mailbag for this episode. Damn. All right. Yeah, that was, right. That was some hot stuff. Thanks to those of you who did respond. And, uh, Much as appreciated. Always, you can continue to send us emails and we'll uh, we'll read them on future shows. Mm-hmm. So, Austin, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter talking about um, all of the, my love of all things Christmas from, from Nog to songs to films to TV episodes at Austin Gorton, and you can read my writing at the real gentleman of leisure.com. If you poke around in the archives there, I've got a bunch of uh, uh, Christmas posts from, from many years past talking about my favorite Christmas songs and movies and things like that that uh, probably still are at least somewhat true. I should mention Elf. We never mentioned Elf. I like that. That's, oh, yeah. That's probably yeah, like... conflicted on that one. It's probably the best, most recent Christmas movie that's kind of entered into my my personal canon it was a really big hit it was yeah yeah it's got bob newhart in it it does have bob newhart yeah that always helps it does ryan yeah you want you want people to find you online or do you want to be incognito <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um i guess i'll tell you where to find me i have a website it's oh yes very nice.com but it's just like drawings and stuff from my career as a drawer <laughs> and that's my tw- it's my Twitter handle and my Instagram. Um, yeah, please. Uh, if you want to email me, uh, it's oh yes, very nice at gmail dot com. You can. I probably won't open it if you send me a link to something because I'm getting pretty skeptical. <laughs> but um, you know, if you want to say hey, I'll probably say hey back. Sexy. It doesn't have to be sexy. You know, people all hey's are sexy. People can say hey, and it's not sexy, David. <laughs> I, I've i yet to see it happen. Well, hey, David. Yeah, see? Point to, right there. I know, I know. 
Point me. Uh, I need a little Christmas on Twitter at Doctor Bits. Doctor spelled out, and you can see my writings maybe someday at therealgentlemanofleasure.com. Uh, we are a very special episode podcast. You can rate us on iTunes, Stitchel, Stitcher, Stitchel, Stitchel too. I mean. If there's a Stitchel and we're on it, then you should rate us there, too. Yeah, give us a good review. Yeah, we're on Google Play and Podbean. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, at AVSEpod. You can check out our Facebook page and send us uh, more questions and such. And you can email us at uh, AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. So, for a very special episode podcast, I'm David, and I'm like every other socialite do-gooder. I'll do anything for the less fortunate as long as I don't have to come face to face with them. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. City Podcast Federation. the holly put up the tree before my spirit falls again fill up the stocking i may be rushing things but deck the halls again now for we need a little christmas right this very minute candles in the window carols at the spirit yes we need a little christmas right this it hasn't snowed a single flurry, but Santa dear, we're in a hurry, so climb down the chimney, put up the brightest string of lights I've ever seen, slice up the fruitcake, it's time we hung some tinsel on that evergreen bough. Long time since I got good neighbory. Slice up the fruitcake. It's time we hung some tinsel on the bayberry bow. For we need a little music, need a little laughter, need a little singing, ringing through the rocker, and we need a little stuffy. Happy ever after.
bloody red baron was flying once more the allied command ignored all of its men and called on snoopy to do it again was the night before christmas 40 below when snoopy went up in search of his foe despite the red baron fiercely they fought with ice on his wings snoopy knew he was caught Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 Santa's got a little friend, his name is Dominic, the cutest little donkey, you never see him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy Hey, jingity jing It's Dominic the donkey Jingity jing The Italian Christmas donkey La 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 Jingle bells around his feet and presents on the sled. Hey, look at the mayor's derby on top of Dominic's head. A pair of shoes for Louis and a dress for Josephine. The label on 
the inside, says the maid in Brooklyn. Hey, jingity ching, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity ching, the Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 Children sing and clap their hands and Dominic starts to dance. They talk Italian to him and he even understands. Compares and compares do they dance a garundel. When Santa Nicola comes to town and brings you chucharil. Hey, jingity ching, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity ching, the Italian Christmas donkey. La, 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 la. La 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 dio da. Hey, Dominique! Wanna la da la?
<laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. You take the good, you take the bad, you, you take, take the bone, bone, and then you have the facts of life. The life. facts of facts life. life. There's a time you gotta go and throw your bone, and now you know about the facts of life. Hey, you when guys! When the world never seems to be living <laughs> you guys, up to your dreams, yeah. If you're if you're wondering why this is still going, it's because uh, we won't go until we get some figgy pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it right now.